for their hashtags. A dissection of pop culture past. Hello and welcome to the Before There Were Hashtags podcast. I am your host, Eric Dallinger, and I am here with the one and only Carliana Billings. Hey, hi, hello! We're back, 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 as always. It's us. You're welcome. I was totally trying to stretch that out because I saw you yawning. Oh, that's funny. I was like, let's stretch it out. Let's finish the yawn. (laughs) I was ready. I was going to jump in. Like, I can... I'm the kind of girl that can shut a yawn off, or you know me, professional, oh. professional to say the least. My ballet teacher in college would tell us to swallow it. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. She'd be like, if you yawned in ballet, with nine o'clock ballet class, like so we were all yawning all the time. She just go swallow it. Oh, she'd do it in a British accent. She was British. Swallow it. <laughs> That's a classic. Good old Jillian Saunders. You know what? In some ways, it was like let your body do what you want, what it wants. But at this other time, yeah. I get that in like the industry which they were always trying to train us for every like little thing gets picked apart so you don't want to be caught but also interestingly enough now um the industry is fastly changing in that like a lot of folks are advocating for uh, performers are humans and let them be people let them yawn let them have a yawn like if they have to do a yawn they're yawning and that's fine it's not because they don't want to be there it's because they have a yawn because they have a yawn yeah how are you my friends i'm feeling good pal thanks for asking i'm feeling uh a little tired i said this before we uh got on mic i'm feeling a little tired but i'm feeling good um it feels like i I don't know about you but winter months make me want to like hibernate like take a little nap and like just go good night until it's warm again uh especially today we had some more snowfall but like I I feel like right now my winter, my January has been go, go, go. I can't believe it's almost over. And I'm like, bit like just like zooming, just zooming again. It feels like we're back in in the thick of the online-ness, um, which is fine. But a little exhausting at times. Yeah. But I'm feeling good. How are That's you feeling, friend? I'm okay. I, I'm like happy things are starting, are going to start opening up at the end of January. Well, beginning mm-hmm. of February, really. Uh but, you know, I don't know. I'm definitely somebody that suffers from a little bit of seasonal depression. So oh, sometimes yeah. it I think feels everyone tough. does. Like, I feel like I don't know anyone who kind of doesn't where we live because we live in the tundra. Um, yeah. Well, you know? the thing, too, about, like, southern Ontario is it's, like, damp. It may not yeah. always get the coldest, but the cold seeps in. Yeah. It's like a bone-chilling kind of cold because yeah. you're right on, the, right on the lake. There's lots of water all around. Um and it's tough. Yeah. So much water. So much water. Water. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Ooh, yeah. what's that it's... from? I don't know. It's like a thing. She made it mm-hmm. up. It's like a thing. Uh, oh, it's I've never heard thing. it, but I, I like it. it I like it. Oh, Carly Original. Claim it, TM. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely did not make that up. I definitely did not. So I uh, will pretend to lay claim to it. Thank you. 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 What if we did a whole podcast called Thank You? I mean, just a thank yous for like a full hour and a half. We just said took different ways of saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's all about how small you can make your mouth too, right? Like it's it's never thank you. It's thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's like yeah. We're just being dumb over here. Being no, silly. No, well, maybe we should gas up our time machine, my friend. Thank you for asking. Maybe we should. Yeah, thank uh, you. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah I am uh, excited that we are going to put five minutes on the clock, like we always do near the top of our show, so that we can talk about current pop culture for five minutes so we can gossip our time machine to go to the way back and talk about today's topic woo, woo. all right well here we go in five four <laughs> three two one all right well the thing that i want to talk about is the fact that well it's a little bit of a continuation of our first ever podcast what the Pussycat Dolls reunion tour is officially canceled. Ooh. What? 
Well, in fact, are we Supra? <laughs> well, the thing is that Nicole, or sorry, Robin Anton sued Nicole because Nicole refused to do the tour if she didn't get seventy five percent of the company or something like that. Yeah. And Robin was like sued her over it Uh, i don't know what's going on there but the thing that's shocking about this is that um nicole posted on social media being talking about how you know the tour is canceled and how much she thanks the fans for their support and all this stuff turns out she didn't inform any of the other dolls that she was going to post this the other dolls didn't know it was canceled oh no they thought they had work lined up yeah oh no they knew that there's conflict between robin and nicole right but But there's something different between knowing there's conflict and then knowing you have a job or not like yeah no there's something that's very different Oh no! You, it just it just kind of goes to show that nothing really changed. <laughs> it also goes to show that celebrities are just as dumb as we are. Like you'd think that with like so many you know assets and things at their disposal that they'd know better than to just not tell their workers. You yeah, know? but they in fact don't care. Their partners. Yeah, their partners, their their co-conspirators. Now, Robin's kind of said that the tour is still on. That like she's like there are right. four other members of this group. Blah yeah, blah blah. It's blah, not blah. just Nicole. I mean, yeah. as I said in the original one, Nicole needs <laughs> the dolls, but the dolls also need Nicole. Like it, that's the problem. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's a symbiotic with, relationship. There's not really the doll. Like even though there is the dolls without Nicole, there's not really the dolls without Nicole. But there's also not really a Nicole without the dolls because once Correct. again, her solo music never really took off, and there's a reason for that. That's right. The only times that she's shone on her own was when she was in. Wasn't she in Rent or at the Hollywood Bowl? Yeah, that was like the only time. Well, she that does well. Like, she, she she's a good musical theater performer. Yeah. In as far as like celebrity musical theater performers go. Right. I mean, of course, of course. There's a caveat there, but yeah. Yeah, she's she's no um. Laura Osmond. Peter. Or, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Audrey I was McDonald's totally thinking Laura Benanti in my head and said Laura, Laura uh, Osnes, but both 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 are performing performers. <laughs> blah blah blah. We we'll count them both. And, one, two. Yeah. Well, and then also the Bernie Spears drama continues. Jamie did an oh, interview no. with Call Me Daddy podcast. It's a song. I don't even really yeah. want to talk about it anymore. I love Britney yeah. and because I just feel like everybody's just Well, it feels a lot like airing dirty laundry, which is like what they've been yeah. saying. It's just like these are kind of the kinds of conversations that need to happen not in front of the public. Like I think the public's tired with it. Public being you and I, Eric. Yeah, I will s- the public can follow it. So I will say, Christina came out and said some very nice things about Britney in an interview. Mm. But now I yeah. do, to be honest, I do understand why Christina didn't want to talk about it because all of the head, like she just released an album, yeah. and all the headlines oh. are Christina ta- yeah. speaks out on Britney like it has nothing to do with her album like I do get right. why she didn't want to talk about so it she, yeah so like they wanted to not make it about that but but by trying to not make it about that it was made about that but then when they which are is, like okay we'll go hard, into it yeah. it's still about that like she, there was no way she yeah. could win so no well that's the thing like it, once the once the press has their mindset on something like this is what the story is there's no like changing that yeah often or not. like they're going to twist the narrative to be what they want it to be. Well, we uh, also lost another dear celebrity and one very close to you, Carly. So, Oh, my God. That's true. We lost the one, the only, the legendary Meatloaf himself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. I know. Bummer. I know. Bummer out of hell. Yeah. But it's okay. Are you okay? I mean, I'm okay. Like, I, it was so nice to, like... Uh, well, it's Meatloaf is such an interesting celebrity in that I don't think that, that I mean Meatloaf is obviously like he had a career spanning six decades. He's like yeah. absolutely like the you know he is a rock icon. He's a legendary performer, but there's not a lot of I think people who folks in my life associate with Meatloaf besides myself. Oh, um, that's fair. I, yeah, you're like I, the only I, person I, I texted. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm loud and outspoken about how much I love Meatloaf. Um, sometimes on okay, well I'll talk really quick. No, 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 I'm, keep it, going. We we <laughs> we we're gonna give you your Meatloaf time. We're gonna have our. Let me get on my Meatloaf soapbox again. And 
I do this thing on my Instagram called, uh, in case you don't know, called Meatloaf Mondays, where sometimes I will just dance, like lip sync to Meatloaf in my living room for fun on Mondays because it's just funny and thought it was a good bit one time and I just have kept doing it every so often. Because um, I think Meatloaf, like, Meatloaf brings me a lot of joy and I know that, you know, doing dumb shit brings other people a lot of joy. So that's why I do it. And so when Meatloaf died, I got an inf- like a flood of messages from just like the most wonderful humans I know ever being like, are you okay? Including Eric, obviously. Are you okay? I'm thinking about you. And I heard you're the first person I thought, like all this stuff, like, from <laughs> like so many people I'm I know. Glad. And I was like, and I truly like was blind. I was like, I didn't realize so many people were like actively concerned for me that when Meatloaf we you love know, the past, passed on in, uh, as the big bat to the big bat in the sky that like <laughs> everyone would be like oh my god let's th- like i hope carly's okay and i just feel so loved so it was really nice i'm feeling okay like i i love meatloaf it did hit me a couple days after that i'll never get to see him live which made me like i was like wait that wasn't even an option but now it's really not an option I'm still gonna enjoy his music. I'm still gonna enjoy his theatrics. I think his, for me, his most his most iconic performance, uh, and the one that made me fall in love with him was when he was on American Idol, and he sang with Catherine McPhee, and they sang "It's All Coming Back to Me Now," and I uh, will die on that hill forever. That that's my favorite Milo performance, live performance, obviously. But uh, that song's also yeah. having a moment on TikTok. So yeah, now yeah, it is the Celine so version, but yeah, I mean, yeah, which makes sense. But it's uh. It's great, and uh, yeah, big love to Meatloaf, uh, and uh, yeah, what a legend, R.I.P. I know, so many, literally so many legends um, just, like, leaving this plane, and you know what, that's, like, life, but... That is life, but it's still, it doesn't make it less hard. Yeah, and it's also weird when, like, a celebrity dies, because it's not somebody you know personally, but it is somebody... Who has personally affected you? Um, yeah, like uh, their last per- can personally affect you because their their body of work has you know inspired you. I know I was I'm heavily inspired by, and continue to be inspired by, both Meatloaf and uh, Jim Steinem, and I just like love their love their shit, love mm-hmm. it, and I yeah, it yeah. rocks hard, and I am into it. Yeah, it's That's- like a big theatrics, which I'm all about. Which we, we know. That was like when like Naya Rivera died. I was like yeah. weirdly personally affected by it. I was like, whoa. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I guess I don't know why. I just it just did. Yeah. I was like I think sometimes with young celebrities, like it catches you off guard. Yeah, it's that's not something true. you're thinking about or and worried she, about. She was also like so done rotten by Hollywood because Yeah. Like, Liam she who shall not be named Leah Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> the she who shall not be named this time we name her right now. Right? Name her. Um, Sorry, yeah, I like totally made your mo- meatloaf conversation no, about Naya, but um, no, but I mean, it, it, but it, it, it goes to it's very fair to talk about, um, yeah, how celebrities affect us, especially people who like us who love pop culture and are very um, interested in uh, celebrities and celebrity culture, and it's mm-hmm. just. Uh, it's weird, but it's, uh, yeah, it also gave me a reason to, like, make sure I busted out my Battle to Hell on vinyl and, like, you know, yeah. just how to think about why I love Meatloaf. Because when people ask me, again, I'm very much for some reason in people's minds, I know why, but for some reason I'm very associated with Meatloaf. Everyone knows they love Meatloaf. Because I guess that's a weird thing for, like, a 27-year-old gal from, like, I don't know. Southern Ontario, born in the nineties, to just be obsessed with meatloaf. Like yeah. love meatloaf so loud. Um, but people were always like, Oh, you don't love meatloaf, it's Carly. But I was thinking, I was like, why do I love meatloaf? And the sad part for me is that it took for for, for uh meatloaf uh for us to lose meatloaf for me to think, wait, why do I really love meatloaf? Because whenever I get asked that, because I get asked that quite often, I just go, I don't know, I just love them. Because I do. I just like couldn't think of a good reason why I loved him. And now I, like, now I know why. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah. That may or may not be something I'm working on for my solo show. So, Ooh. I don't know. It's just, it's, like, it all inspires each other, right? And that's kind of the beauty of life and death and art and blah, blah, and all the, all the things. But, yeah, I'm done. I'm done talking. Because <laughs> I took up too much time. And we are in the way back, baby. We are in the way back. Because I want to talk about another icon of mine. 
one who was once plastered all across my bedroom walls. I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I didn't have posters on my walls growing up, but when I moved to my new house, the house that I grew up in basically my whole life, uh, when I was in grade one, I got moved into a Barbie-themed room. What? Details on the walls. It was beautiful and I'm gorgeous. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, it's time for us to talk about Icon. She is the moment. The one, the only. She is the moment. Um, yeah, Barbie. The, the one, one and the only, only Barbara Millicent Roberts, whose nickname uh, is Barbie. So Barbie is a fashion doll manufactured by the American toy company Mattel Inc. and was launched on March 1959. And she was created by businesswoman Ruth Handler and is um, named after her own daughter. Right? Barbara. So, so cute. So Ruth Handler, the reason that she was like, hmm, I'm going to make Barbie was because Ruth Handler's daughter, Barbara, as you just said, who Barbie's named after, would play with paper dolls, Eric. That was, like, yeah. kind of the thing for kids. Like, if you think back to, like, being a kid, I remember in the, in the 90s, even, we still had things like paper dolls. I don't think, I don't know if kids have them today. Because um, I haven't been down at a toy, toy aisle properly in a good long time. But paper dolls, and those would, those would be dressed like regular people. Like, they could be, like, a prince, a princess, a lady. Yeah. And she would get, like, often give these paper dolls, um, like, adult rules. She'd be like, this is the mommy. This is the dad. This is the Uh, nurse. This is the doctor. Yeah. And at the time, a lot of children's toys were mostly children. Like, they were, like, kids like kids. And so all the dolls and things are mostly going to be children or babies. Like, baby dolls were, Mm -hmm. were, like, kind of the only dolls uh, that were popular and uh so she suggested an idea of like an adult kind of doll for kids to her husband elliot who was a co-founder at mattel and they were like nah that's that's dumb and so the rest of the directors at mattel too were like no lady no no we nobody wants that nobody's asking for that mm-hmm. but then she went to europe in 1956 with her children barbara and kenneth oh might recognize that yeah you might recognize that name uh and ruth came across a german toy doll called um build lily yes yeah build lily is very interesting lily Um, yeah can i can i give just um a little bit of context on fashion dolls because they have a whole history so a lot of this comes from huge history yeah a youtuber named mina lee go check her stuff out Mm -hmm. she's really cool um she has a lot of fashion deep dives and uh stuff on consumerism and all this fun stuff she's she's really great so actually fashion dolls started in france and they've been like popular since like the 14th century and but they didn't start off as maybe children's toys what they were really were was a way of sort of french sort of the french people the french government to prove their soft power upon to the Mm. rest of europe so and also Classic. ways for fashion designers to sell their clothes. So they would like, yes. they would have dolls at like expos and stuff and people would take these and they would go across Europe and they would like that way it would like yeah. you know, if Chanel, for example, which was not around yeah. at the time, but if <laughs> but sure, imagine. Imagine Chanel would create like <laughs> mini versions of their clothing on dolls yeah. and then sell them to people and then that way there yeah. was always a Chanel doll in somebody's house. So they would look yeah. at that doll and be like oh you know what i want to go buy some chanel today and like oh, this started in like the well port- it's like it, it's it's also just like in general like the idea of salesman samples mm-hmm. salesperson samples which like isn't necessarily as prominent today because we have things like you know the internet and like photos really accessible photographs and stuff um but yeah absolutely fashion dolls so incredible but then some of these dolls started getting like flack and then the Germans would make their own dolls, but German dolls were more mm. character dolls. So they, you know, yeah. would take on like the role of like a clown or they take on the yeah. role of like the mom. And so German dolls were a little bit more about the role in society rather than fashion, which French dolls were yeah. for. And like some like examples of dolls at the time were uh, Jeannie Bardot. 
dolls and so they were like mm-hmm. french dolls and they tended to have but all these dolls seemed to have very big heads and big eyes so they had very yeah. baby like features even if they were wearing adult clothes they always looked like babies they were always meant to look like children and appeal to children and then so this like goes up even into the 19th 20th century with sissy she was like the first doll that was Mm. aimed at middle america rather than being for the upper class and like she was very popular with um sears and uh, revlon like brands like those and then yeah this kind of comes into Ruth Handler, who, as you previously said, noticed that all these dolls had really big heads and big eyes and looked like little babies and children and sort of were more about preparing children for motherhood rather than a career or saying that they they could do anything besides this. So yeah, so this brings us to Ruth Handler. She goes to Germany with her child and her and Barbara are, they become kind of enamored with this Build Lily doll. Now, what's Mm. interesting about Build Lily is that she actually started off as a bit of a sex toy. Um, She's a character in Build Magazine. They have comics. And she's she's kind of a gold digger. She wants to be rich, and she's not afraid to use a man to get there. Yeah, she's doing her thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what I read. It was was kind of like also started as like a filler cartoon for the mm-hmm. for the publication which is pretty funny and it was actually really popular to give build lilies to men on their at their bachelor parties <laughs> like a gag gift yeah yeah um yeah but what happened was is children became kind of obsessed with build lily and it sort of like yeah. transitioned build lily from that of uh an adult a male adult toy to a female's play toy yeah, and, part and of- so Build Build Lily had only been in production for about a year by the time that Barbara uh, and her children witnessed it, though, in mm-hmm. Germany as well. So that's really interesting to to point out the like meteoric, you know, like things get popular sometimes real fast. Yeah, and actually, I believe if my timeline is correct, Ruth already pitched an idea for a more adult-looking toy she before did. she yeah. went to Germany, and yeah, she, she used did. Build Lily as an example when she told. Mattel she was like to hey back herself back to back up. herself yeah. this is really popular in mm-hmm. Germany like there's precedent for this yeah. we know that kids are gonna like this um totally. she's also I mean like if if you come up with an idea and you see it and then you know you all realize oh someone else is doing this idea and it's also successful then you're probably onto a pretty good idea mm-hmm. yeah Ruth is also like her husband just to give her like how she isn't in with Mattel her husband is her husband, Elliot, was yeah. uh, the co-founder of the Mattel company. Of Mattel. So yeah, she's yeah. pretty high up there. He was one of the directors and all this yeah. fun stuff. So that's how she kind of got her in to say, hey, we should make this doll. And yeah. so they... So she bought she bought three build lilies while she, they were in Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like you said, she brought it home and she was like, hey, <laughs> um, what's good? So she took the dolls home, and then she kind of redesigned the dolls. So she used them kind of as a base and made it her own, because she's a crafty queen. Crafty queen. Crafty queen. <laughs> and and like you said, she decided to give the doll a new name, and she called it Barbie. Barbara. Or Barb, yes, Barbara. Barbie. <laughs> Barbara was, of course, the, the full name, <laughs> but Barbie is the, the yeah. selling name. Barbara Millicent Roberts, and yes. known by all as Barbie. The first um, original Barbie wore a black one-piece swimsuit that was, they called it black and white zebra striped, and it had a top-knot ponytail with little bangs and came in both a brunette and a blonde doll. Mm-hmm. And, was and mar- she debuted at the American International Toy Fair in New York City on March 9th, 1959, which is also the day used canonically as Barbie's birthday, which I think is adorable. It's her official is birthday. cute, yes. And her right? official job was... A teenaged fashion model, and all her clothes were designed by Charlotte Johnson, who was Mattel's fashion designer at the time. Incredible. And they were all manufactured in Japan, hand stitched by Japanese home workers. And yeah, um, around yeah. three hundred and fifty thousand Barbie dolls were sold during the first year of production. That's so like so wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was so successful that. Um, uh, Louis Marx and Company, who made 
Bill Bully would go on to sue Mattel in 1961 um, <laughs> for copyright infringement and patent infringement. So I guess the hip joint was very similar to that of the Bill Bully doll. And they, 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 co- they copied the dollar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. A, it was a they direct copy. Um, and they would eventually, <laughs> but the lawsuit would go for, on for a few years. And then in 1964, Mattel, oh, sorry. They settled out of court in 1963. And then Mattel would yeah. go on to buy the Build Lily. Yeah. Patent Which right. is yeah. wild. Which is another like, copyright thing and patent rights. Like, like just because you're the first doesn't mean you'll be the the longest it doesn't mean you'll be like look like look at there's so many things that are like that like look at oreo like look at you know barbie look at oh yeah that's a good one oreo oreo is a total ripoff it's a whole thing it's a whole thing yeah um but yeah we're also going to talk about oreo later in this episode because i have some good oreo and barbie um good for us yeah yeah. it's just so it's so weird but yeah, then they then they just bought them out, and they're like, "What ifs?" So <laughs> it all came back to them in the end. Barbie yeah. always faced a little bit of controversy, so Sears actually yes. refused to sell she's the doll. She's a controversial queen. Yeah. yeah, Sears refused to sell the time doll. Time and time again, she's a controversial queen. Yeah, calling her sleazy, and parents. Oh, not Barbie. Parents were often unhappy about the doll's chest and the distinct breasts that Barbie yeah. would have. Barbie's got them things. People yeah, not, not into that. Um. Also, Barbie's appearance was actually changed in 1971 to make her less submissive. So originally, all Barbie dolls, if you look at them, they look down and off to the side, showing their submissive nature. Very housewife, very indicative of, you know, Mm -hmm. the time, the era, the expectations of women. Um, But yeah, by 1971, they adjusted Barbie to look forward, like right at you. Which is, you know, how we know Barbie today. But and that that's would iconic. actually be the last improvement that Ruth would make upon the Barbie mm-hmm. doll as her own creation. Because three years later, she was removed. Her and her husband were both removed from Mattel after um, an investigation found them guilty of issuing false <laughs> and misleading financial reports. So that yes. is interesting. I mean, it's drama. I mean, they stole a doll and then did that. So whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Rich people be doing rich people things. Barbie's... Uh, Barbie was also one of the first toys to have a marketing strategy based extensively on television. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because when she came to popularity and has since been copied widely by literally every toy since, pretty much. And it's estimated that over a billion Barbies have been sold worldwide in over 150 countries. And Mattel claims that three Barbies are sold every second. I believe it because I have a suitcase in my basement of probably like 70 Barbies to prove it on my end, not including accessories. And oh, also the suitcase is a Barbie doll suitcase. Like it's not just a suitcase. No. It's meant for the Barbie dolls. Like Barbie is a, is one of those incredible toys that like has such a, a w- wonderful whimsical element of play that it's so customizable and it's so clever for capitalism because your kid's going to want all the bits and bobs that go with Barbie and all her friends and all her, you know, all the clothes and all the, the Barbie car and Barbie dream house, the Barbie camping tent. If you're me. Um, yeah. It's, I just, I'm, I love Barbie. I'm obsessed with Barbie and she's so cool and fun. Yeah, and I'm important. gonna. Can I read you a quote from Ruth herself? Yes, give okay. it to us, Mama Ruth. <laughs> My whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl could be anything she wanted to be. Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has a choice. So Barbie, in some ways, Barbie. Yes! It's interesting that she's so controversial because also she is kind yeah. of a feminist icon. She was. She's absolutely a feminist icon. She's the one who told little girls, and we're using the term girls loosely here, but she's the one who originally like, was marketed to young children to show them that you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Barbie's been the, an astronaut. Barbie's been a housewife. Barbie's been a politician. Barbie's been a gymnast. She's been literally any job or thing or, or, and has had any, basically, any basic relationship that you can imagine. And she's she's the like quote unquote every woman. Is it is it bad that like also usually portrayed as white? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it bad that she's re- like historically been only very skinny? Yeah. But like if you like, we're not going to ignore that. But Barbie is an incredible 
like thing put into the hands of children to be like have fun use your imagination you can do and be anything and i i know personally like for me i wouldn't like uh the hours i played just dreaming up storyline and like things and like telling weird stories and things as a kid with this tool that is barbie like expressing myself i'm like it is like i'll never be able to count those hours or measure the amount that you know she was such an impact yeah trexy mattel has a great series where she goes through all her dolls and in that series she talks about how Barbie really reflected, though, opinions on feminism at the time and was always actually a little bit ahead of the curve on feminism at the time. And it's only really in the last sort of since the 90s that Barbie Mm -hmm. has really been sort of attacked by feminists, which, I mean, we can we got to take the good with the bad, I think she's. Yeah, done amazing like as we've said she's done amazing things mm-hmm. and she proves so much that women can be all these things but at the same time she is problematic and has some problematic tendencies um some other highlights oh. of barbie in terms of like time is that the first black barbie doll wouldn't come until 1968 and yes. um trixie mattel actually has a black mm-hmm. fran franny doll which is part of the oh so cute part yeah. of the Mattel Barbie line. So Barbie, yeah. Barbie has a, a lot of Barbie has a lot of friends, and she's had a lot of different friends throughout the years. Barbie, there's Midge, there's Kelly, mm-hmm. there's Skipper, yes. and there's Franny. Yes, are like the yes. the original girls, the, the main gals. Yeah, and Midge was meant actually. She was created to offset Barbie's high capitalist consumer nature because yes. the Mattel toys would originally they would go to Europe. And suss out all the like the high end fashion designers and recreate the mm-hmm. clothes for the yeah, doll for, for the, Barbie, for the dolls. and then they would yeah. make more Correct. like home outfits, things like aprons and or mm-hmm. occupational jobs for the dolls, like Franny and Skipper, yeah. and um, mostly Midge. Midge was like the one that Midge was, was kind of like the offset Barbie, the plain friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah well, because because the thing about Barbie, yeah, like. They wanted Barbie to be the most aspirational one of the group. They wanted mm-hmm. her to be like the dream, the quote unquote dream girl, you know, the one who like was the most fashionable, was the like most fun, was the you know. Um, I am obsessed. I grew up growing up. I had a Barbie doll. I had a couple Kelly dolls. I had. Uh, I think like like in the nineties they added like dogs and things. I think yeah. I have a dog somewhere. I mean, I also have many Ken dolls. For Ooh. sure, Ken is somebody we should talk about. Oh, I have a good um, story about Ken later. Um, yeah, but just getting back, sorry to Ken, black yeah. to Black Barbie. So originally, oh yes. so originally though, the dolls would they use the same molds as the white Barbies yeah. and just with darker plastic to make them totally. look African American, um, but they've sort of reversed and originally the idea was that there's white Barbie and there's black Barbie there's white Franny and black Franny but now in sort of 1988 they changed their mind and they decided that the the more um, racially diverse dolls would all have their own names so that they Mm -hmm. would all have be individuals and in 1980 that's when they had their first Latinx Barbie so you know Barbie's Mm -hmm. evolved with the times she's taken a little bit to get there Um, a lot of Argument. Also, I just want to mention real quick um, about originally too when they were making these first um, for early collectors and th- like collectors today and whatnot. Th- these early Barbies when they started making these dolls of color, they didn't. There were not very many. Like they didn't make that many. They didn't like market that many. So the dolls that are most most expensive today are these are these black yeah, Barbies. Are the black Barbies are these like sought after because there's so few there's not as many they're not Mm -hmm. as numerous um and it's pretty wild and wonderful yeah Yeah, just want to put that in there and sort of a lot of the controversy though around barbie today is that even though barbie Mm -hmm. is really great actually about creating dolls of all colors for people so everybody can see them represented in the barbie lineup yeah all the accessories that go with barbie so like the books the movies Mm -hmm. the merchandise is all white blonde Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Well like the like yeah, the the like Barbie medias are not um, maybe as diverse as some of the play the play line. Um I also just want to talk real quick about the play while we're just here touching. 
Uh, the standard range of Barbie dolls and her accessories are manufactured to a one-sixth scale, which is known as uh, in the collector world, in the toy world, as play scale. Mm-hmm. And usually the doll is around 11 and a half inches tall. So easy for kids to handle. But yeah, so that, yeah, when you think of Barbie, the image that uh, has been classically portrayed is that one blonde, skinny, white Barbie. Um, even though now they have like, fat barbie and stuff you know they have like different bodies barbies and friends and barbies that come in wheelchairs um, which is amazing yeah which is so amazing and like of course we're not knocking that in any way shape or form more of that always um because you know that matters inclusion matters uh it can change the way kids play you know absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and, and 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 the way that when you change the way kids play, you change the way they interact in the world. Oh my God, I could we could talk about play psychology forever, um, but we won't. But I, I love her so much, and I, uh, yeah, some people, yeah, like the one of the the um, things that Barbie has come into under attack from feminists into the nineties through the early two thousands, uh, through the two thousands, not even early two thousands. Has been things like she gives um like young people a like bad body image she they she sets them up to you know um fail and i'm in my mind growing up it wasn't barbie that set me up for that it was everything else that i was interesting you know for yeah me, barbie was was a play it was a place of play that she could be and do anything and the way she looked for me personally didn't affect the way that i saw myself um, no. In the same way that, like, looking at celebrities and looking at, you know, things like that affected me. But Barbie um, has had some problematic uh, moments. Yeah, so absolutely. So in, 1960, to, to talk about. in 1963, um, Barbie Babysits comes out. And uh, mm-hmm. so Barbie Babysits comes with a book. And in the book, the book is called yep. How to Lose Weight. You open yep. the book and the only page that you read says, don't eat. Yeah. Uh, Such a problem. Slumber Party Barbie would also come with a scale that would permanently be put on 110. And Barbie is canonically 5'9", which so 110 is not a healthy weight for... Well, okay, I don't want to... You know what? I don't want to comment, but most 5'9 girls are not going to be 110 pounds. We all know weight fluctuates and health is not determined by weight. Though, typically, yeah, that you would think that Barbie would... That's too skinny for Barbie. <laughs> yeah. In 1970. 1970- and I mean, to be, fa- and to be fair, like the Barbie mold, like her ratio of like body, oh, body ratio. She'd fall over. Body ratio. No. Yeah, yeah. No, she'd no. fall over. <laughs> so maybe she is 110 pounds. Yeah. Her breasts <laughs> are too big for a human to yes. not have back problems and fall over. And not fall fall down and break in half. That isn't to say there's a problem with down. having big breasts no. but it's just it's not healthy do to have you do your thing to, to um, have that be the body just, image for all girls yeah it's also just like the proportions are like near impossible oh, they're man. like violet tchotchke level but with more you know violet tchotchke um when she has like the corset and the yeah the waist you can literally wrap your hands around <laughs> the her. death the death the death becomes, becomes her, her runway yeah Except that's her every day. And, yeah. and without a corset. Like, that's not it. Mm-hmm. That's not it, girl. We love her, though. We do love her. In 1975, they had Growing Up Skipper, in which you would mm. move Skipper's arms, and she would grow taller and grow breasts. Amazing. And yeah. a lot of, a lot of parents... such a weird toy. Did, weird not, toy. did not appreciate this. They felt no. that it was sexualizing Skipper. Skipper. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, in some ways I think about, it's the not the worst. The thing about the younger but... sisters, too, is they're, all, they're always younger. Yeah, Barbie. Yeah, Barbie. But yeah. In fact, and famously, Britney Spears played Skipper in a SNL sketch. That's right. And uh, Amy Poehler played Britney, (laughs) not Britney, Barbie. (laughs) Barbie, Barbie. I'm Barbie. And other controversies that I'm going to finish with the big one with Ken because that one's so funny. Let's do it. Um, But I'm going to before I get to there, I'm going to say in 1997, Oreo Barbie was created. And this was a bit controversial because they created both a white and a black doll for Oreo Barbie. And mm-hmm. some 
black advocacy groups had issues with this because Oreo can sometimes be a derogatory term to call a black person who traditionally acts white, I say in quotations. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. yeah, the Barbie has was recalled after that, but now is considered a collector's item because yeah, it's so rare. Right? It's, this is a it's thing. So rare. So all the Barbies that are like the most popular to have and the most expensive to have are all the recalled Barbies that... Mattel oh, because there's to always going to be so few of them. Absolutely. To be honest, in in Mattel's defense, I don't. They were really just trying to do a brand tie, and I don't think they were really trying to. Yeah. Make a statement. No, I agree. But also, it, it goes to show the impact of like not doing your research and not, you know, mm-hmm. um, ha- like having a po- like good enough representation of certain communities in the room when you're making decisions like that. You know. Yes. Yeah. Maybe if more folks were were considered, were asked, and you know, their opinions considered, then it wouldn't have made it to shelves. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in nineteen ninety two, there was Teen Talk Barbie, in which you pulled the talk string, and Barbie <laughs> so said, good. "Math class is tough." <laughs> She's right, girl. I see you, girl. Same. Same Feminists girl. were not into this. Hey, math math is tough. Barbie's saying less women in in STEM. That's okay. (laughs) Oh goodness. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that is a that can be a little discouraging. Like put that right in a little person, little little child's brain right off the get. Math is hard. (laughs) And we're gonna try. Okay, and then this last one is a good one. This one is the most entertaining. Um, oh, we're finally going to talk about Ken. So most of my facts for this came from facts being a quick sir. Um, so mm-hmm. in 1993, well, before 1993, Ken sales were dipping. People did not like Ken. Girls were not People hanging out. For they didn't hang out with Ken. So they no. sort of had a, they, in fact, at one point decided that they might scrap Ken and create a new boyfriend for Barbie. Wow. But then they had a focus group and the little girls were basically like, we don't dislike Ken. He's just kind of boring. Like, he's not really that cool. He doesn't have anything going for him except that he's Barbie's boyfriend. He doesn't do much. Yeah. So then the Mattel team decided that they were going to make Ken really cool. And what was really in at the time in the 90s is, of course, rave culture. So Mattel denies this, but most people believe that Mattel would send people to raves to look at the fashion and decide like oh like what's in what could we get ken to wear so um (laughs) come on raver ken yeah so (laughs) they re-released a ken doll in 1993 uh sorry let me look at this let me just get in my notes out love it love it oh by the way ken is named after ruth's son so barbie and ken in real life are brother and Mm -hmm. sister Little Which weird. is weird. But yeah. I mean, they're fake, so. Yeah, so this Ken would wear a lavender mesh t shirt crop top. Obsessed. Obsessed. A patent leather leather purple vest. Had yep. um frosted tips to yep. make him look like a like a cool boy. Almost ramen noodle <laughs> hair, but not really. Very ramen noodle hair. Oh, he had one earring. Oh, this was Magic Earring Ken. This was Magic Earring Ken. That's the name of this. Yes. Um, and he had one earring. Now they did it. They put. They did put it on the straight side. But Ken. <laughs> yeah, the the coated straight side. Ken would wear. He wore a necklace in this, and this necklace had a it's ring so on good. it. Now, what yeah. the Mattel people didn't know at the time was that the ring on the necklace was a cock ring that many gay men would wear to the club to signify to other gay men that they were looking for some They're action. ready to have a good time. Um, yeah. So in 1993, without realizing it, they outed Ken and made him the very first gay doll. The gayest, the gayest doll of all. Yep. And within six weeks, he became the best-selling Ken doll of all time incredible because he's fun he's a fun boy (laughs) yeah so they pulled him from sales discontinued magic earring ken and he's become a collector's item like people are looking for in fact the video that i watched on it they like looked up and they found the um 
Magic Earring Ken for sale on eBay for $69. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Some comedian. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, I wonder if I have Magic Earring Ken in my collection. Because this would have been the time around when I was collecting Barbie. And by collecting, I mean just having a good time and playing with him because I was a literal child. Um, but I, I, cause I know I've seen this man a million times because it's the funniest. Oh, it's the, the funniest, funniest story. And like people uh, like... It was at the start of like the gay rights movement, so people were writing into Mattel, being like, "Thank you so much for thank you for a gay can." Because of yeah. course, too, this is one of those things that if you were in the community, you knew, <laughs> and if you weren't, you didn't. So people right? outside of the and community then, just thought he was a raver, yeah. and people within the community like, were like, "Funnier in Ken, yeah." Well, that's the thing too. Like, if there had been more gay, more gays at the table, it would have been like, "You can't, you want to make him gay?" Yeah, and they would have said something like. It all like it all goes back to representation matters at all levels, um, because then shit like if you don't want a gay Ken, a gay Ken won't hit the shelves. But um, I love gay Ken. Who doesn't love gay Ken? So uh, the official uh, press release or something like that came out that said we are not in the business of putting cock rings in the hands of little girls. <laughs> I think they might be, but uh, uh, I'm glad that they at least said that. So. But yeah, so magic earring Ken, gay oh, icon. God. Yeah, I can. I do like his molded, sculpted hair because that's another thing. the the doll The way the dolls are made changes through time. Like yes, Barbie a lot of times has like the hair you can brush in style and stuff. Uh, and Ken does for a while too, but then after a while, Ken has this molded, sculpted hair, which is cool and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and some Barbies today have molded, sculpted hair that you can mix and match. Yeah, really cool and fun. Also, the yeah. way that Barbie, there's a lot of cool stuff. The way that Barbie has been sold has changed. Originally, you just bought the doll mm. and you bought all the outfits separately, yes. and now you basically have to uh-huh. buy a new doll for every outfit. Yeah, because the outfits come in the box with the doll on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I have for, in my collection actually. I'm lucky that. My mom had Barbies growing up. I don't think I have any of her Barbies. And I think the Barbies she had growing up, because she grew up in a, like, first-generation Canadian household, I don't think her Barbies were real Barbies. I think they were just dolls. But I have a lot of clothes that my nana sewed for her. So, like, handmade, like, Barbie doll clothes. Um, but now I'm talking about them. I'm desperate to find them, because I, I I remember playing with them as a kid and being like, these are my moms, and being thinking some were ugly, but also that some were cute. I remember really growing good. up, there was a p- computer game in which you could design Barbie clothes, oh, and you could actually yes. print it out on um, like a fabric paper that you could buy, mm. and it would print the pattern out so you could cut it up and you could make your own Barbie clothes. I'm obsessed with that. And I, as a little queer child, always dressed my Barbies oh. in bathing suits. I was Michelle Visage's <laughs> worst nightmare. They were always yeah. bra tops. And they were always bra tops with skirts. <laughs> Ready for the runway, runway. I just wanted design strippers. You're just like, I'm ready. I want them to dance. Uh, I had on a pole. One... <laughs> Literally, you're ready. I had this one Barbie accessory that was a like a an arcade claw machine, but for Barbie. So they were like these little plastic domes that you could put little Barbie accessories and things in, and then put it in the machine, and then have Barbie play the machine and get it. It was like a whole thing, and I still think about it to this day. I really hope I have never, haven't gotten rid of it. But I also had this incredibly psychedelic-style Barbie tent that came with a matching sleeping bag. Um, and it was a Christmas present one year. These are both Christmas presents, different years. But the Barbie tent was a Christmas present one year, and I found it in July in our basement. And I said, Mom, what's this? Because um, I was really excited about it. And she said, oh, it's not, it's not for you. It's nothing. And that's so sad, Eric. Months later, Christmas tree, open it. I was like, Mom, it was mine all along. And she said, I know. I just didn't want you to know. I thought I had six more months of fun. But she didn't let me. She didn't let you how mean. Still not about it. Still not about it. But I do know I have that. um, Because I saw it recently in my basement. So I'm excited for Barbie. I love Barbie. Have I said it enough this they did they did do a cool thing in 2009 for the 50th birthday of barbie or anniversary but yes. birthday um birthday. so for anniversary, like same celebrities uh included on like a new york fashion uh mercedes benz fashion week they like had a showcase of barbie fashion with designs by dayan von furstenberg vera wang oh, calvin cool. klein 
Bob Mackie, and of course, the Red Bottoms themselves, Christian Louboutin. Classic. Um, I mean, that girl only stands on tippy toe, so she's perfect for it. Sports Illustrated, I think it was for maybe the 50th, they had um, Barbie on the cover of Sports Illustrated Bikini Swimsuit Edition. That's weird, but cool. Yeah. Now, some people didn't like that because they feel the Sports Illustrated issue objectifies women, and by making it a doll, they're like saying that women are dolls. Oh. Yeah. And also, yeah. well, the dolls for ch- children, and they're saying it's a, it's a sex symbol. Like, yeah, that's the problem. Um, yeah, that um, is interesting. Interesting. Interesting how choices are made, and then people let it happen, and then that's it. Um, it's so weird. Yeah, Barbie is literally everywhere. Um, I just like she. She's been there's been like collections from uh, famous people collabs with. Anybody and everybody you can think of. She's been on The Simpsons. She's been, you know, there's Barbie movies. There's Barbie um, games and TV and Barbie um, Princess on the Popper, best movie of all time. Oh, iconic! I was a Rapunzel girl. I watch Rapunzel a lot, and I think the Nutcracker Barbie. Oh, I did see the Princess and the Popper is good. Yeah, Princess and the Popper. You're just like you. You're just like me. You know that song. I do, I do. It's all about the. Isn't it a birthmark that like gives her away in the end? That they've switched spots. But there's a royal birthmark. Somebody tell me. Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert to all our Barbie fans out there looking to looking to not have that spoil for them. Um. Um, Interestingly enough, there was a down a down spike of Barbie sales from 2014 to 2016. mm -hmm. Um, where girls were just not girls. I think girls. That's not fair. Children were just not as interested in Barbie. But since 2020, in 2020, Mattel sold 1.3 billion worth of Barbie dolls and accessories, and it was their best sales growth in two decades. Well, Barbie playing more. Barbie had a hard time a little bit competing with the Bratz dolls and the mice. Oh no, the Bratz mm. dolls. Yeah, it was the Bratz dolls, and then Barbie came up with the Mycene dolls, which Barbie yes. was one of them, and it was supposed to be like the direct competition to Bratz because they were a little yeah. bit cooler, a little bit more style, like trendy, yeah. opposed to Barbie being more classic. Um, yeah, but yeah, so Barbies had a dip in sales, but definitely came up during the pandemic. Um, in March, yeah. in March of 2018, for International Women's Day, they released a line of 17 dolls that included Frida Kahlo, um, Bindi Irwin, yes, Ashley Graham. Ah. So, like a lot of celebrity go. dolls of uh, very inspiring women. And there's been a lot of celebrity dolls. I believe Kamora Lee Simmons has a Barbie doll. Yeah, I feel like that's true. In- um, something else that Barbie is iconic for that we haven't talked about is the song Barbie Girl by Aqua, which we grew up with for sure, for Yes. Sure. And there was a huge lawsuit about it. Oh, yeah, because um, it's not it's not official Barbie. Licensed. Like, it's no. not licensed. <laughs> Barbie, Mattel does not, not like this song. No, no. Uh, Martel and MCA Records went at it in the court. Martel. Funny, Tracy Martel. <laughs> Tracy Martel. Uh, because Mattel lost lost it lost the uh court battle in 2002 the judge calling the song a parody and social commentary yeah which it is it, it is. is but also it's but it's also a bop funny. it's a i'm a barbie girl in a barbie world yes i am you can't tell me otherwise <laughs> don't you say i'm always yours well Something we didn't talk about, Eric, is the iconic Malibu Barbie. Go go off, sis. Malibu Barbie. So, um, much like you said, Barbie's had a lot of different identities through the years. Um, yeah, Malibu Barbie was like a, a bit of a bit of a Barbie cultural reset when she happened in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Barbie shifted her gaze forward, as we know, as we talked about. And she got uh, herself a bit of a sun-kissed tan. A bit of a tan, a bit uh, of a orange glow. <laughs> a bit of bronzing. Oh, she's full, like, now she's fully orange. Like, look at her, she's fully orange. She's fully but orange. But for the time, like, she was this, like, sun-kissed California girl uh, when, like, the surfer craze and the surfer culture um, kind of was very trendy and popular. And so it was a different take on Barbie 
of like a sporty independent barbie and from there like the you know the whole range of like sports barbies that i grew up loving like barbie playing tennis barbie doing skating you know all these things um stemmed from this yeah this more outdoorsy vibey natural looking uh because they changed her makeup they changed you know her face uh to to uh with shifting beauty ideals shifts barbie Mm-hmm. And I think that's the cool thing about Barbie is that because she's so been so moldable and malleable and changing with the times, uh, oftentimes, yeah, like you said, ahead of the curve and setting the tone. Um, she also, yeah, in 1986, the, uh, Andy Warhol made a painting of Barbie. This is something I wanted to mention because it's cool for the art world. Even. Yeah, it is cool. And well, the painting Andy Warhol. sold at auction for $1.1 million at Christie's in London. Wow. And in 2015, the Andy Warhol Foundation teamed up with Mattel and they have an Andy Warhol Barbie, which I didn't know. They made an Andy Warhol Barbie, um, which is wild. Well, Andy Warhol always, like, all his stuff is like a comment on capitalism. Very pop culture. Yeah. 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 Uh, And also, a Barbie that sticks out in my mind that we have to mention even though it's not the time of year, is Holiday Barbie. Holiday Barbie. Iconic. Holiday Barbie. Iconic. Um, I don't know about you, Eric, but growing up, my mom would buy Holiday Barbie for me, mm-hmm. but make me keep it in the box. So I have oh, a bunch of Holiday Barbie stuff I know in the so box. many young women yeah. that have this story where they're yeah. like, oh yeah, my mom would buy me Holiday Barbie and wouldn't let me play with it. It no, stayed in the box. you can't play with Holiday Barbie. She's special. She's special Barbie. She's collector, Eric. The funniest part about when things are marketed, though, as, as somebody who sells things that are collectibles, antiques and things, um, when something's marketed as a collectible, it's almost never a collectible because they make so many of them and tell yeah. everyone it's a collectible and then they keep it and then it's worthless. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so my cousin who this had the same thing happened to her growing up, she recently um, took out all of her holiday Barbies and took them all out and gave them to her daughter to play with. So my cousin Ophelia is just like out here playing with like 1987 holiday Barbie, like she's some kind of millionaire. Um, They're beautiful dolls. I think it's so funny. I always love how stunning. Hallmark always makes one like a miniature one to put on your Christmas tree, so you can have a holiday Barbie that matches your your real holiday Barbie. Oh, so good! Yeah, I am obsessed with the idea of holiday Barbie. Yeah, they still make them every year. She's always different. She's always holiday collector Barbie. Um, so yeah. cool. So does that so bring? Cool. Do you think that brings us back to today? I think that brings us back to today, baby. We talked about Barbie enough. We good love night, Barbie. Wilson. Good night, Barbara. Barbara. Goodbye. Good night, Barbara. Mitch. Barbara, take a sleep. Good night, Kelly. Good night, Skipper. Good night, Franny. Good night, Ken. Good night to no, good night to, to only gay Ken. Ken. No other Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, will stay up with you later, gay Ken. You can have a sleepover. You can radio each other's hair. It's a perfect size for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to see what I, I was doing, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's not the size of your boat, but the motion of your ocean. That's right. You tell them. <laughs> Let they can know. Let they can oh, know. I hope none of my students listen to this podcast. They're the one audience <laughs> members I do not want listening to this. And don't tell them about it. I don't. And then there you go. You're good. But I do post on social media about it. And I know a few of them follow me oh. on my more public account. Because I have two. He's secret. Don't tell the listeners that. They're going to look for your second one. It's fine. My second one used to be my main one. I have more followers on my on my private one. because I'm your second one. Yeah, because it's yeah. been around for so long. That's true. All right. Yeah. So we're back. We're back in the year of we're back 2022. Um, sure so are. Like, we like to end every pop. I can't talk today. We like, we to, like to end every podcast, podcast. with a, a little special pop pick moment. And uh, Eric, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to switch it on you. I'm going to ask you first today. What? I don't want to go first. <laughs> Get wrecked. Eric, what's your pop pick of the week, my pal? Uh, I've been watching on Crave or HBO Max because, you know, Crave mm. and HBO. Yeah. They're, in Canada, they're one same thing. In Canada. One and the watching same. Yeah. Sex Lives of College Girls. Oh, I, that's popped up for me before. Is yeah, it good? it's good. I enjoyed it. 
Um, it's still early. It's like only season one, but I, I enjoyed right. it. I finished in like two days because I'm a binger and I binge everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so how you, yeah. That's how everyone watches TV though. I yeah. also been watching uh, Prodigal Son, but I don't know if I actually like it. So that's why it's not my pop yeah. pick. I don't know if I okay. always follow it. Um, right. Jury's still out on it. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. It's cool. dark. It certainly holds my attention, but mm. Sex Lives of College Girls, I think, is a little bit more of an easy watch. The guy from Sabrina's in it. The guy that plays Nick and Sabrina. The, the boyfriend? Oh, Yeah, the, ma- the, the one that starts off as a second... Spoiler alert for Sabrina. Spoiler alert for <laughs> Sabrina. The one that starts off as more of the secondary boyfriend, but then ends up yeah. being more of the main boyfriend. Oh, because he's so cute. He is he's cute. adorable. Nick. He's a little cute, cute, cute guy. Yeah. He's, he's a little ba- bad boy, cute, cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like the bad boy and Harvey's the good boy. He's like... Ugh. Yeah, he's that one. Um, for sure. Oh, I love that. What about you, Miss um, Carly? That's a great question. What about me, Eric? I um, hold on. I I have a list of things I've been watching and and doing. <laughs> Let me see. Carly's so I organized. Can find something. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh no, I didn't write it down. Oh, I thought I did. See, I have a whole list. It's empty. Um. I really thought I wrote it down. Dang. Carly's oh, I wrote pop one TV, pick TV is show the... completed at Search Party, but that's not what I wanted to say was my pop pick. So that was amazing. Um, My pop pick. Okay, my pop pick is going to be dumb, but it's going to be what has gotten me through this, this past busy week. Um, it is uh, going onto YouTube and watching compilations of whose line is it anyway. Nice. Just... As many as I could, I can get in my body. I've been watching. I guarantee you, I've seen probably various bits three, four, five, six times. Um, it's very good. I also binged. Um, there's a podcast called Off Book. That's musical improv, uh, and I watched their Off Book musical, their live show they did um, a few years back now on mm-hmm. YouTube. I recently just watched it for the first time. Which spurred my re my re like wanting to watch recorded improv. Like I, <laughs> I just I just miss I think I just miss performing improv and doing improv mm. and comedy and like I just needed to find another way to get it in, in, in my system that wasn't like watching, you know, binging a bunch of stand up and uh because improv is so different and it's my favorite. Uh, not that I don't enjoy stand-up. I'm working on, you know, liking stand-up more for myself, like, as a performer, because it's something that doesn't come as easily to me. Whereas improv feels like the stakes are nothing, and I could just do whatever, and then it's gone in the world. Um, whereas, like, stand-up is a lot more meticulous, and it's it's not a team sport. It's a solo sport. Yes. And uh, as someone who is, is eager to be a team player, it is difficult to get into the mindset of a solo sport. Though I, though I played solo sports... Literally, as a kid growing up, like I, I competitively swam and all these things, and I know, like thinking now, I'm like that's a solo sport, but also you're on a team, so it doesn't feel to me. It never felt like a solo sport. Yeah. Um, but stand up comedy very much feels like a solo sport, and so it's something that is I'm working on and getting better at. But I just wanted some improv in my life, so those are some. If you're a comedy nerd like me, turns out that's who I am—a huge comedy nerd. Um. That's some excellent, excellent improv. Oh my gosh. Um, to watch. Speaking of through. improv and sketch comedy, it just reminds me of that one SNL sketch where it's um it's like the Barbie executives. They're like trying to figure out Barbie's Instagram. Yes. And of course it yes. like, it's us uh, childish childish Gambino or what's his name? His real name, but his uh, childish Gambino. He's in it, and yeah. he, he always suggests that like Barbie's going through an existential crisis because she just found out that she's actually a doll. It's so funny. And then Pete Davidson's always like, "Hi, I'm Barbie. This is my back." <laughs> it's so funny. I just so go yeah. look up that too if you want some good comedy. Barbie comedy. Some Barbie comedy. There is because so, again, Barbie's everywhere. So. Also, just love yeah. Barbie in uh, Toy Story. Oh, she's iconic in Toy Story. In fact, she wasn't in the first movie because they thought that Mattel would not want 
to put we Barbie. We get mad about yeah. it. And then Mattel was like, why isn't Barbie? Where's Barbie? Where's Barbie? And they were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you like it? Okay, we'll put, we'll definitely put Barbie in the sequel. Yeah. And then they're she... like, oh, you like our movie? We'll have Barbie. <laughs> and RuPaul always is like, I'm surprised Mattel hasn't sued you, Trixie. But Mattel loves Trixie. And like, they sent her PR yeah. packages. They send her stuff. Yeah, drag queen, legendary drag queen uh, of our time, Trixie Mattel gets all kinds of PR shit from Mattel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she just is so is fun. Yeah, she, and, like, and she's popular. She's probably the, the yeah. most not most popular, but most followed drag queen. Rue girl, Rue girl. Yeah, yeah, she's not, and she's also not like a controversial queen. No, like if she was like you know ruffled more feathers and stuff, then maybe they would do something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, because because she's like. Says speaks so positively about the brand a lot too. I think that does. Yeah, wonders, it comes from a place of love. Know? Absolutely, like an homage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we should finish this episode off by imitating Barbie at the end of Toy Story too. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Oh my goodness! Oh my. Exit here. My face oh starts my. from smiling so much. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye now. Bye. Bye, friends. <laughs> Oh my god, she does say that. My face hurts from smiling. That's so funny.